as we turn our eyes and our ears and our hearts back to the Word of God as we get ready to continue our sermon series here of putting feet to our faith. Today we're going to be in the book of James in chapter 1, and we're moving on to verses 22 through 25. And the title of my message today, if anybody has ever had a pair of Nikes, this is not something you've, you've not heard before, is just do it. Just do it. All right, we talked last week about being hearers of the Word of God. Well, there's a package deal that James gives us here at the end of chapter 1. He says, not only are we to be hearers, but we're also to be doers. And I I wanted to start off our message by praising the Vacation Bible School volunteers because we have quite a few doers in this church. And I pray this message will be a challenge, but I hope it will also be an encouragement that if you are doing what God's called you to do, keep doing it because God will bless your efforts. God will bless your efforts. So let me start with something to think about. Okay, here's the question. When are you most prone to procrastinate? When are you most prone to procrastinate? Studies show whenever they have a survey of procrastination, 90% of people admit to procrastinating and the other 10% just haven't gotten around to admitting it yet. All right, we all struggle with it in some area and I think uh, pastors preach best what they struggle with most. If there's one sin, abiding sin that I've wrestled with in my life, it's procrastination. Okay, I struggle with it. And we're all wired a different way. I struggle with procrastination because I also battle perfectionism and I have a fear of failure. And so it's hard for me sometimes to even start a project because it's got to be absolutely perfect. And I know the mental and physical energy it's going to take to make it perfect. And so I'd rather watch ESPN. I'd rather watch uh, HGTV or, I mean, fill in the blank. I'd rather do something else than what I should be doing because I know the energy it's going to take to do it. <coughs> Others procrastinate maybe purely out of laziness. But I believe most of us procrastinate for probably a different reason. I believe that most of us procrastinate because we have a problem with priorities. And we'd rather do something other than what God has called us to do in making sacrifices for His kingdom. Well, James has a lot to say about that. He has an awful lot to say about that, and I want to say this as we open up the Word. I've said many, many weeks that there's two different types of sin, and they fall in two categories, sins of commission and sins of omission, things that we do that we shouldn't do and things that we don't do that we should do. And I believe it's the sins of commission that hurt us the most up front, but it's the sins of omission that are going to hurt us the most in the end. As we stand before God, knowing things that we were commissioned to do that we didn't do, that we have to give an account for, those are what's going to weigh heaviest on us when we stand at the foot of God's throne. So James, James pulls no punches when he opens up with this idea of being a doer of God's Word. So we're going to dive right in here. And here's the big idea. Here's what I want us to see as we open up God's Word. Those who hear the Word of God and don't respond in action will face consequences for disobedience. Those who hear the Word of God and don't respond in action will face consequences for their disobedience. So let's hear more about what James has to say about us being doers of the Word. So if you have a Bible, please turn with me to the book of James, chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, grab yourself a pew Bible. We'll be in page 1199 in your pew Bible. And again, we're going to be reading verses 22 through 25. So if you would stand at this time. Out of the reverence of the reading of God's holy, infallible, inerrant word. Again, we're in James chapter 1, 
and we'll be in verses 22 through 25. Hear the word of the Lord starting in verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Let us pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do love you and thank you and praise you for this day. And Father, I pray that you help us. In the next few minutes that we have as we consider the truth of this passage, Father, for those in this church who are doers, I pray this would be an encouragement and a charge to keep doing what they're doing. For those who are not doers, for those who are more hearers than doers, Father, I pray that you would help us through your Holy Spirit to see the urgency of this message, the urgency of our obedience, the urgency of our action for the kingdom of God. Help us, Father, as we read and consider the truth of your word, Open up our hearts and minds to receive it and to respond to it in repentance, faith, and action. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. I got three points that I want to make. I don't think any of these three points are going to be unclear in any way. James lays it out in ways for us that we can understand. And so I'm going to start right from the top. And the first of the three things that I want us to see in this passage is this. Number one, when you hear God's word, just do it or you will fall into deception. All right, verse 22 says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. What does it mean to deceive ourselves? What is deception? Deception is when you create an alternate reality that does not line up with what is real. When you think one thing, but reality proves something completely different. And when we hear God but we don't do what God tells us to do, we create a world of deception that we live in. All right, what do I mean? Well, this may not fully capture who we are, but maybe one of these things applies to some of us here in this room, okay? How do we know that we're deceived? We're deceived if we call ourselves Christians, but we never read God's Word. We never seek God in prayer. We never serve Him in a local church. We never repent of our sins. We never share Christ with others. And most importantly, we never sacrifice anything from the kingdom of God. When we walk into the doors of the church and we call ourselves believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, but yet we're not participating in any of those things that I just mentioned, we could clearly say that we are hearers but not doers of God's word. We say we're Christian and we deceive ourselves into believing that we're followers of Jesus Christ, but where Jesus goes, we don't follow. We're hearers, but we're not doers. I believe when we do this, when we deceive ourselves, we're doing Satan's job for him because Satan is in the, is in the business of deception. Satan loves for us to think that we're truly in the will of God when we're not. It's the job of the enemy. And he does a pretty good job of it here in this world. If you haven't noticed, if you haven't watched the news, or if you haven't read the paper, or if you haven't gotten on the internet and read the blogs, we see the complete destruction of the family in our society. We see the erosion of biblical marriage. We see the acceptance of 
of sexual relations outside the marriage bed. We see the complete acceptance of, of not even trusting in the authority of the Word of God. I love hearing those words from Brother Joel this morning that the Bible is the infallible, inerrant, trustworthy Word of God. That will never change. Satan wants to deceive us into thinking that it has changed. And it hasn't. But yet when we call ourselves Christians... And we don't do what Christians are called to do. We're doing Satan's job for him. We're deceiving ourselves into thinking we're following the Lord when it's his footsteps that we've completely ignored. So before I move on to point number two, let me just ask these words of application as we consider our own hearts. When or does your life reflect what you believe? Do you live in obedience Monday through Saturday with what you are studying on Sunday? Or is the Sunday school lesson from people like Brother Ronnie that you're listening to and the, the message that I preach, is all that kind of coming in and going right out? By the time you've had your lunch at the Mexican restaurant or at, at Papa Buck's or wherever it is that you'll be, after you've had that lunch and walked away, has everything you've heard just fall by the wayside because nothing's been done about it? Or at least a commitment to do something about it? Are we people who are ready to just do it? Because if not, again, number one, we will fall into deception. But let's look again right back at the text. Number two, when you hear God's word, just do it or you will forget your calling. Look back at verses 23 through 24 with me. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forget, forgets what he is like. What's the purpose of looking in a mirror? Well, unless we're narcissistic and we just want to admire ourselves, there's a purpose. When you're looking in the mirror, there's an imperfection that you're called to take action and change. When I look in a mirror, it's because I have to shave or because I have to brush my teeth or because I have to do something that requires action. And so for us, if we're listening to the Word of God, if we're coming into God's house and we're listening to messages and we're reading God's Word and then we do nothing, we don't respond in any way without any action, then we're people walking into the bathroom, looking in the mirror, and then leaving the room forgetting completely why we went into the bathroom to begin with. And I'm not talking about senior moments because I know we have those sometimes. All right, something completely separate. I mean, you're, you're actually going into the bathroom. You've got a plan of action. You look in the mirror, and then you walk away, and you forget the entire reason why you went in there to begin with. That's what James is talking about. If you are a believer in Christ and you hear his word, take action. Just do it. Or you will forget your calling. You will forget what it is that God has called you to do. And what happens over the course of time is our hearts begin to be hardened. We begin to stop hearing God speak. We begin to live in an even greater deception that the lives that we're living, we think God is okay with. Because maybe of some action or some faith that we displayed in the past, but that is no longer part of us in the present. We forget our calling. We forget what God has called us to do. You know, I thought about this the other day. What would, what would we consider bare minimum for a believer in Jesus Christ according to the Bible? Okay? If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, here's what I think is bare minimum. Okay? If you're a believer, you should be a baptized member in a covenant fellowship with a local church. You should commit to attending weekly worship services at least three out of four weeks. 
You should commit to systematically giving gross income for the operation of that church. The Bible does not hold us to the law because we live under grace, but there's an Old Testament principle of tithing, 10%, which I think is a wonderful guide for giving. And then finally, we should commit to faithfully serving in at least one ministry, even if it's just being faithful to your Sunday school class. That is bare minimum. If you are a Christian, I can find a verse that would support everything I just said. And yet, it's so easy in 2017 to walk into a church, to sit in the pew, to listen, to feel good about yourself that during the, during the worship hour when you could have been doing something else, you came. And I give, I, give, I give us credit for those of us who are here. At least we did set aside time to come and worship God. There's some merit to that. But to respond by leaving this church and not participating in those things, the bare minimum I don't want me or any of us to have to stand before God confessing that we're a Christian when God says, this is what Christians do. And I'm looking at the the, the days and the nights of your life and I'm not seeing it. We can't be just hearers. We have to be doers. You know, there's one thing. Before I came to Cedar Street in 2009, I spent a season of my life as a member at Grace Community Church right there on Pulaski Highway. Most of you know Brother Mike Holt. Uh, he was very uh, active in this community before he ended up planning that church. And if there's one thing that he stuck with me, one of the wisest things he ever said to me, when I was in his office and we would talk through the Scriptures, he would say, Bo, when you do something sacrificial for the Lord where it hurts, that is worship. When you are sacrificially doing something or giving something up, if, if, whether it's time, talents, or treasures, those are the big three. Our time, all right, serving in a, in, a, in, a, in a ministry, our talents, sacrificially giving of our resources financially for the operation of the church, or, you know, in, in other areas as well. Our time, our talents, our treasures. Whatever it is that God has called us to do, when we feel that the sacrifice that is made, okay, for those that were a part of Vacation Bible School, the weeks that it took to plan that, the time that it took to put the decorations together, the, the, the mental and physical energy that it took to round up over 100 kids and preach and teach God's Word and continue to pour into them on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's sacrifice. And when you are doing that for the kingdom of God, that is true worship. And I want to commend those who've been worshiping. And I want to call those who haven't to worship in spirit and in truth, and in action, to do what God has called us to do. Before we move on to our final point here, I just want to ask you again another question to consider in your own heart. What part of your life would you be willing to say that you live sacrificially for God? In what way, again, whether it's your time, the amount of time that you spend serving in ministry, your talents, the gifts that God's given you, your treasures, your finances. What is it? Well, what part of your life would you say that you give sacrificially to God? Only you and God can answer that. But I pray that you would do business on your knees with the Lord and ask Him, what areas are you wanting me to be more sacrificial? To be more sacrificial. Now, before I move on to my final point, I, I, here's what I believe. I thought about this last night. A lot of times on Saturday nights, um, I look over the sermon and I, I listen to other sermons and I listen to worship music and I try to feed my soul so that I will be able to pour into you what's been poured into me. And I was listening to maybe four or five different sermons last night and I just, just, I just remember thinking the times in my life that I have seen God move 
the most, where I've seen God miraculously do something that had to be God, and I just love to see something that I could point to and say, there is a God. Only God could do that. The times that I've seen God do that are the exact same times that I can say that I feel like I've been the most sacrificial in giving of one of those three things, times, talents, and treasures. And I had, last night, I was, I was holding back tears in my, in my office in the house, and I, I thought, Lord, it's been a little while since I've seen that type of movement from you. It's been a little while since I've seen God show up with a miracle. It's been a little while since I've seen that. And it makes me say to myself, am I allowing God to stretch me? As I preach all of this, this message to all of you, am I allowing God to stretch me in the way that I give? Am I allowing him to stretch me in the way that, 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 that he's called me to be as a husband and as a father and as a pastor in that order? And I can say that I haven't. I can say there's more stretching to do. I can say there's more doing, there's more action that God is calling in my life. Like I said, procrastination, biggest sin that I struggle with because I'm scared to death of failing God. But I read this and I say, no, I want to be a man of action. I don't want to have regrets when I die. I want to stand before God at his throne and say, in all of my shortcomings, in all of my failures, I did the best I could do to bring glory to your kingdom with the resources you have given me. And here's what, I, here's what I see when I look out at this church. I see a world of talent and a world of gifts and a world of resources. And some of those have been put to work. And to that I say, amen. And to others, they're laying dormant and they're collecting dust. To what I would say, it's time to start moving. It's time to put, put our feet to our faith. It's time to take action for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to say third and finally before we wrap up here. Number three, when you hear God's word, just do it or you will forfeit God's blessing. All right, verse 25 says this, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. He will be blessed in his doing. Faith always leads to action an action that is done in sacrifice will lead to blessing. And we will see the power of God. I'll leave you with an illustration before we get to the conclusion here. One of my favorite movies, I've mentioned it several times behind the pulpit, is Jesus of Nazareth. It's a wonderful movie. I think it's like six hours long. It was shown on TV in the late 1970s. You've got James Earl Jones as one of the three wise men. I mean, it's, just, it was just a, it's one of the true uh, Christian movies that follows the gospel of Luke. I mean, it really follows God's word. And there's a couple scenes where there's artistic license, but for the most part, it really follows the, the biblical script. But there's a scene in that movie I always remember right after the apostle Peter, Simon Peter comes to faith in Christ and Jesus says, give up everything and follow me. There's a scene where he pulls up on the shore and he gets out of the boat and starts following Jesus. And there's a bunch of fishermen in the boat saying, Peter, what do we do with these boats? And he looks at them and he pushes them as hard as he can off the shore. And he says, take them back to Capernaum. I'm going to follow Jesus. And so pushing those boats off the shore and letting them go back in the Sea of Galilee and drift all the way back to Capernaum is saying, I'm willing to sacrifice the life that I knew so that I can have the life that God has called me to. Now, I don't know what your boats are. Okay, I don't know what your Capernaum is. I don't know what sacrifices God has called you to make, but God does. And he wants you to know it too. 
My prayer would be, and I'm as serious and as heartfelt as I could be, my prayer would be today's message would not be another message of hearing and not doing. I believe all of us could be stretched just a little bit further. And maybe we need the inspiration of others. I mean, not, to, not to put him on the spot here because he always does out of the joy of his heart, but one of the brothers that it just inspires me every day is Kenny Davis. The man had a heart attack two weeks ago. And he was on a John Deere cutting our grass on Saturday. There are people who are in 100% good health and they'll never, drop, they'll never, they'll never shed a, a, a drop of sweat for the kingdom of God. And I pray you would know that blessing. I pray you would know the blessing of, of laying your life out for Jesus and laying in bed at night saying, Jesus, I did the best I could today. Give me strength to do it again tomorrow. Know that blessing. Nothing can top it. I don't care what movie you go to. I don't care what vacation on the coast you can experience. I don't care how well you play 18 holes. You can't experience that joy until you've laid it out for Jesus and say, now I know that you're real because I've given you everything I have and I've experienced your power in my life. Get just a taste of that. It'll change everything. It'll change everything in your life. I challenge you as you leave this church, do something you've never done before for Jesus. One thing between you and God, and do it. One thing between you and God, and do it. Whatever it is, whatever God's riding on your heart to do, do it. Just do it. That leads to our conclusion. Hearing and doing God's word are the true marks of a Christian because Jesus himself heard and did everything the Father told him to do. When we follow Jesus, we act because Jesus acts. Okay, if you're a note taker, I'll just give you the verses in the essence of time. John 8, 28 through 29. John 14, verse 31. And John 19, verse 30. In John 8, 28 through 29, he basically just says, I always do what pleases the Father. In John 14, 31, he says, But I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. And then in John 19.30, as he's on the cross and dying, what does he say? Those three words, it is finished. God gave him a very specific purpose to do. Jesus was not just a hearer. He was a doer of the commands of his father. And he did everything the father told him to do. So that in 33 years, he accomplished more than some of us who will be on the earth two and a half times that. Because in that short period of time, when the father told him to do something, he did it. And it probably didn't make sense to most of the world, but it made sense to him because he was obedient to the Father. So what's our takeaway? Well, if you want to receive God's blessing when you are reading God's Word, write the words, just do it in your Bible, and then ask God for help to get to work. Again, I don't, I don't know what it is that God's calling you to do. I can't say for sure. Again, there are many of you who have sacrificed much, and I pray that you take a deep breath. For those of you that had BBS, maybe you do need to dip your toes in the sand for a day or two. But come back and get ready to continue to serve God the way you're serving Him. I thank you for the doers of this church. But for those who aren't, I think sometimes we live on the faith of yesterday. Maybe you had a time where you were sacrificial. You had a time where you saw God work. We can't live on yesterday's faith. Until our final breath, in some capacity, we can pray, we can give, we can go. 
but we need to be people who do and not just hear. And that's my prayer for myself, and that's my prayer for all of us. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we do love you. And we thank you and praise you for the day that you have made. Father, let us not be just hearers, but doers. There's so much work and blessing that you have just sitting waiting for us, Father, if we'd only be obedient to your calling. I confess, Father, as you've called me to shepherd the people of this church, that I I need your help, Father. I, I need to be a doer, and I pray that you help me to be a doer. And I pray, Father, that you help us. Help us, Father, to put one foot in front of the other in faith, to do what you've called us to do so that when each of us pass away, we could stand before you and say, it is finished. We've done everything you've called us to do for your glory, for our good. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.